0: American Capitalism, A History, with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. So in the last section, we were operating at a sort of 35,000-foot level. We were high above the globe, and we were talking about what empires were doing, what their policies were over the course of centuries. Now what I want to do is bring us down a little bit closer to the nitty-gritty, everyday economic life of individuals in Western Europe and in North America. Because in the 1700s, what we start to see at that level is a set of fundamental changes in what people do uh, every day, what they want to buy, uh, what they want to consume, how they work to get the things that they want to consume. And some historians call this change the industrious revolution. It's not the industrial revolution, not yet. But it is one important precursor to the industrial revolution. An interesting thing starts to happen in the early 1700s in London. People start to see returning planters from the West Indies, Jamaican sugar magnates driving around town in extremely expensive carriages decorated with all sorts of gold leaf and that kind of thing. And some of these West Indies nabobs are actually literally buying seats in parliament. This is new money. And it's publicly displayed money in the form of the seats in parliament that they buy and the carriages in which they ride. Now, not everybody who is benefiting from the new colonial trades and general economic expansion can afford to drive around in a gilt carriage. But they can do other things that perhaps their parents and grandparents couldn't do. And they can buy things that perhaps they couldn't buy. The sugar that comes out of those Jamaican plantations is now much cheaper. And so people can buy that and display their use of it. And other kinds of consumer goods Some of them brought from a very long way away. And some of them developed to, in some cases, imitate those goods brought from a very long way away. These things are also cheaper. Here's an example. China, porcelain, uh, dinnerware, and other products from China is an important consumer good, a great way to display your fine taste if you live in Britain in the early 1700s. But it's still relatively expensive. And so, beginning in the 1740s, they were pleased to find that an entrepreneur, a potter named Josiah Wedgwood, had created new processes for selling, for producing and selling affordable imitations of Chinese porcelain. The availability of these new commodities and their increasing affordability convinces many people in northern Europe to change their patterns of work the way in which they earn money. Many of them began to work longer hours and to work at different activities than the activities in which they'd labored previously. For instance, in many English towns, families turn their homes into little textile-making workshops. Sometimes working late into the night, they take wool which they borrowed from a merchant and they spin it into thread and then sell it back to the merchant. Or they borrow thread from the merchant and then they weave it into textiles and do the same thing. This allows them to make extra money, which they can then use to buy some of the newly available products, from sugar to porcelain to coffee, all kinds of other products. Now, the little picture that I've painted might seem like a little picture, but it actually encapsulates a lot of important changes, changes in people's behavior, their beliefs, and their aspirations changes that are going to be very important in helping Europe to transition from a feudal agricultural society into a capitalist industrial society. So for instance, look at the attitude towards work. Instead of working just enough to survive because economic growth is very slow, and so there's not much point in aspiring to accumulate a lot, families are aspiring to do more. They're aspiring to get higher incomes, because now it's possible to get higher incomes. And if you have a higher income, you can buy things that you want with it, instead of just buying the necessities of life. There are other changes as well. Now, more and more of the week and more and more of the day is seen as time for work. Instead of time being determined, time for work being determined by the agricultural calendar, the length of the day, which is shorter or longer at different times of the year, the seasons of the year, meaning that sometimes winter isn't really a time for work. Now the entire year, and potentially with artificial lighting, the entire day, all 24 hours, could be time for work. So there's a change as well. And in order to work more, you have to change your habits as well as your attitudes. So less alcohol, more coffee and tea. Fewer depressants, more stimulants. That's also an important change in European culture. For more information, go to edX.org and look for American Capitalism, A History with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. Or go to facebook.com slash American Capitalism MOOC. This podcast has been brought to you by Cornell X from Cornell University.